Today on the Vergecast, get excited. It's CES 2023. Sony announces a car while everybody else updates their TVs. And Lenovo out of nowhere with the craziest laptop we've ever seen. All that and so much more coming up right after this. Support for the show comes from Kohler. Smart lights, smart refrigerators, smart locks. The list of smart gadgets meant to make life more convenient grows longer and longer every day. But what about smart things that are also beautiful things? Luxurious even. Meet the Numi 2.0, Kohler's smartest toilet yet. The Numi 2.0 is a fully connected oasis of clean and comfort with unmatched sculptural design. More than a toilet, it's a work of art. Make your bathroom the smartest, cleanest, and most comfortable room in your home with Kohler. Learn more at Kohler.com. Hello and welcome to Vergecast, the flagship podcast of 2023. The whole year. The whole year. Every morning when you wake up, think of me. Neelai Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge and your friend. Or Alex Kranz, who is here. Yeah, hey, I was Alex. like, think of me. Or Richard. Do you think of fake Neelai? Like, is fake Neelai coming back? Because I hear that those uh, Twitter accounts are actually pretty easy to make still. Fake Neelai could come back. It's, it's just $8. It's true. Jeffrey Fowler made another fake senator on Twitter. <laughs> another fake verified senator. I need to make a new fake Neelai using my work email address again. <laughs> and my, my home phone number. It'll be fine. Nothing bad could come of that. If you have a Twitter account that's over 90 days old that you want to donate to Alex's situation, by all means, <laughs> reach out to Alex. That's it. That's where the three of us are on the show. Welcome back to 2023. We've been off for a couple of weeks. We've got to see if we remember how to do the show that we've been doing for years. <laughs> Fine. It's also CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. is happening in Las Vegas. We've got a big Verge team down there. I am not there for like the first time in 12 years. I feel like the, the COVID years that I didn't go don't count. They don't. Absolutely no, not. No, so I, I had not. like a 12 to 13 year run, many of which were memorably spent with Richard Lawler as babies. Memorably like, is oh. probably not the correct word. No <laughs> one can say for certain. What's what the happened. word for something you remember because you don't remember? It? There's, a, there's a gap. But no, there's, it's, it's well, weird being at home. I, I found out that people do things in the first week of the year that I had no idea about. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. There's all kinds of action. It, like time does not stop and get vortexed into Las Vegas. I will say, and Richard, I don't know if you feel this way. I miss it. And I kind of, there's a part of me that wishes I was in Vegas. That part is very small and I am beating in submission on the daily. But there's like stuff happening at CES this year. There's a person inside of me who only exists when I wake up in the, uh, the, the Marriott in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, and, and they are dormant the entire rest of the year. And just for one week. They run free and I'm not really it's, sure. It's like activated it by 0% humidity. Like the air is so dry <laughs> that a different version of you comes out. And it's like, what I need is a vodka soda and some swirly carpets and at least three full memory cards, SD cards of photos of laptops. And that's who I really am. And there's a part of me that's jealous. The other reason I'm jealous that I'm not there is this is Dieter Bone's first year at CES as a Google executive. <laughs> and I just, I just want to go to those meetings. Dieter, I, I miss you, buddy. I mean, I talk to you all the time as friends. I'm just saying, I can't wait to be in that position where I'm, where he's got like flax. Yeah. Like, you know, like press handlers and there's- that follow him around. Me. Yeah. Oh my God. Ah, I'm missing it. And they're like, no, no, you can't talk to him. Just waving at him to stop talking every time he says anything. Yeah. I can't. I can't. <laughs> 
That's the one thing I really miss. So you just texted. There is a lot of stuff coming out at CS. There's like a two-year pandemic hangover that appears to be breaking in terms of gadgets. A hundred percent. It is the usual level of gadget announcements. Will the stuff ever come out? Will it be any good? Will any of us remember this a year from now? Who knows? But for this week of the year. You'll remember the cars. Yeah, we got to talk about the cars. For, for this week of the year, if you're into gadgets, this is like some of the most gadget fun you can have at CES. And there's just a wild array of gadgets happening because this is Matters first year. So there's a whole bunch of weird smart home gadgets. Sony's like, we made a car. We'll get to the car in a minute. Car's fully ridiculous. BMW is like, we also made a car with, it's made out of e-ink and it talks. Just, just like a fully ridiculous CS. And there's obviously TV news and there's obviously other laptop news. I, the Lenovo Yoga Book 9i. That's a two screen. It's beautiful. And it comes with a stand to make it even, super tall. I, I just like. What if you glued two iPads together? We'll get to it. This is what happens we'll when you let engineers it. stay at home for two years. They have <laughs> crazy ideas. And nobody's there to be like, stop. A super gadget CS. We got to talk about all this stuff. Real quick before we start, here is one piece of exciting Vergecast 2023 news. This is our first episode that we're going to publish on YouTube. It's audio only. We've got some cool graphics, some ideas. We'll be publishing some clips. If you've been on our YouTube channel or our TikTok channel, You've seen we've been doing clips and shorts of the Vergecast's video. We'll be doing more of that. We're building towards more video things, but we're actually just publishing the podcast on the Vergecast YouTube channel. First, this is our first public one. There have been some secret ones as tests over the past few weeks. Uh, this is our first public post. We're really excited about it. We want your feedback. We know a lot of people listen to podcasts on YouTube, so we're, we're coming to you. Let us know how it goes, and then let us know what you think of the clips and how those are working. We've got, we've got big ideas to expand the show into video and onto YouTube in particular. So some exciting news to start the year. All right, let's start with this car. So Sony, a couple of years ago, announced a car at CS. And it was the most vaporware car that has ever existed. Like, I don't think it even had motors in it. They were just like, they were Sony, handful of PlayStation announcements. Do you like Spider-Man? Here's our car. Sony at CS. Was it, there wasn't even a physical thing. Was there, there, a, was a, there was a model of a car. car? I don't know if it moved... The an idea of yeah. a car. It was. They showed videos of cars of things that were supposedly cars driving around. Yeah, and they were like, this was at the time when like the vaporware car explosion was like fully happening. Yeah. So Sony asked his car. Everyone's like, this is vapor. It's never going anywhere. Then they announced a partnership with Honda to make cars, and the name of the partnership is Sony Honda Mobility. So you see, this is just a very literal situation. Yeah. Sony wants to make a car. Honda makes cars. Let's start a new joint venture. It's called Sony Honda Mobility. Cool. This year at CES, Sony holds a press conference. Press conference is all over the place. I encourage you to go watch it. It's like Sony decided not to announce TVs at CES, which if you are an avid CES watcher, you know this is a big deal because this is where all the TVs get announced. Sony's like, nope, screw it, opting out. We'll do TVs later. Here's the new PSVR 2. Here's some movie stuff. Here's a Gran Turismo movie. Oh, and by the way, we made it. here's our car. <laughs> and so the Sony Honda Mobility car, will be a new brand. I can't even say it. I feel you. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> it's called Afila, A-F-E-E-L-A. And they showed off their first car, which, you know, looks like a shoe, as all modern EVs do. Like a, a cross between a Honda Accord and a Lucid Air. Like all cars now have the same like light bar vibes. It's like a low-slung sedan. Yeah. 
They don't look, they all look like Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg designed them yeah. in 2002. What do cars of the future look like? This. It, you know, like when you're a kid and you like are learning how to draw a car and you draw like this two wheels and a bubble. Yeah. Yep. This is what you draw. Because I could not actually draw different parts. <laughs> so I just drew one arc and then wheels. So it's, it's called, again, I want to come back to the name Aphila, which if you go and watch the video, you, the poor man, he's, you know, he's like excited. And he's like, our new brand. And then he's like, Aphila. And there's there's just not applause because no one believes that he said it. No one applauses that name. And the idea here is that Honda will build a car and Sony will stuff it full of screens that run Sony software and play Sony movies. That That's the idea. It's like very clearly the idea. I like one of those things. But then there's one screen. Who doesn't want to pay $60,000 for a PS Vita? Yes. The front of the car, the middle of the light bar, this is the thing that I'm absolutely obsessed with. And I really encourage you to go watch our supercut of this event. So there's the two headlights. And then there's the light bar in the middle of the headlights. Almost all cars, EVs especially, have this like light bar element in the middle of the headlights now, right? Yeah. It's electronic. Okay, that is, Sony's like, what if that was a screen? A straight up screen in the middle of the headlights. A charging screen. And then in the presentation, they show you the things a screen could be used for. And one of them is just straight up advertising for Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> so you're driving around and you're a fila and you've got Spider-Man No Way Home on the front of your car. You can also display the weather, which I think is amazing to display the weather to other people. It's helpful for the people you like just run on the ass of other people on the highway. You're like, I need it's you to know the weather. backwards. So you would just be showing the weather to people backwards in their mirrors. I mean, it's. It's perfect example of Look, V2V didn't happen. We had to make it. We had to do something. And this is it's just Sony up. doesn't know why it's building a car. It's, it's just very obvious that Sony has not yet figured out why it's doing this. Honda knows why it's building an EV. Honda's got that part locked down. They're Honda. Sony's like, what we're going to add to it is Spider-Man and screens. Where are some places we can put those things? And one of the places they settled on was the front of the car. It's very good. Afila. Yes, perfect. No notes. Afila. Now, my personal Afila theory is that, again, during what, one, what is the word for this when you have a memory that is defined by the absence of the memory? A blackout? Like you, I know I was in Vegas with Richard. I, I, know, I know that. And then I know I was at home. There are, there are expense receipts, but what happened? Who can say? What does the memory taste like? Does it taste like vodka? Whiskey? <laughs> Regret? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all of, all of the above. All of it. it, it and, and I know that Richard and I are friends for life because of this memory, but it, I got nothing else. And somehow in the middle of this, that's when someone said, Afila. <laughs> no. <laughs> or they, they wrote it down and then they found it later. No, the, the, like, what is the ultimate Vegas CES song in every presentation? It's I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> You cannot be you cannot be in that environment without hearing that song. For there was at least two years where like the words of Mazel Tov rang out of every CS presentation because they were just playing "I Got a Feeling" by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> and now we have a feel like I swear to God this is what happened. Like they Sony and Honda were up in the club and that song was playing and they're like I know what it's called. And now we have now we have to talk about this seriously for months to come. Years. Years. It's not coming out until 2026. They cried a lot that night, though. Like they <laughs> hugged. Coming out. It's not allegedly. Yeah, they said they're going to take. Let's, let's they're going to start taking up. orders in 2024, 
and they claim that they will ship the first ones in North America, and they said the second half of 2025. Who are the people that are going to order this? I mean, this is a pretty huge risk. I think what you it's de-risked by the fact that it's more or less a Honda, right? Yeah. Okay, so you, you know that they know how to yeah. make a car. Honda exists. They make cars. We drive them. But then you've got this, like, bonkers Sony integration where they're and the, oh, by the way, the, the whole car runs Qualcomm tech. And so it's a Qualcomm chipset, Qualcomm, Qualcomm autonomous driving, Qualcomm interfaces, like everything. So how much battery life is it going to get versus the Apple car? Like 30% less? <laughs> it runs really hot. The camera, though, in, in some situations is better. I love that there's a charging, the screen on the front, you can, it could be a charging indicator. They're throwing out the idea of fully integrating a PS5. That's what I've always wanted in my car. This is the single silliest CS announcement that I've ever covered. And if you've been listening to me at CS for a long time, you know that that is a high bar. We have covered some truly bonkers CS products. One year, Qualcomm hired the um, cast of Billy Madison to jump around in, in furry suits, claiming to be the next generation of technology. This is a real thing that happened. Uh, and this is by far the silliest thing that I've ever seen. Because the entire point of it... Dish brought, brought a real kangaroo once. That's true. For whatever uh, The entire point of this car is to get you to subscribe to Sony software inside the car. I don't think this car is ever going to ship. That's just my... I'm, just, I'm calling it. I do not think the Afila will ever ship. You don't think a car with an integrated PS5 and the ability to play Spider-Man on the grill. Afila will, will attempt exist? to embody three main themes, autonomy, augmentation, and affinity. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I'm just telling you it's bad. Okay, wait. If there's anything that Sony's good at, it's launching subscription services. Right? That's, <laughs> never, that's never fail. And so, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking the highest out on this for sure. Can, so you think people are just going to subscribe to own the car It's just one like day? a yeah, PlayStation Cloud game. All right. But I cannot believe it's called the Afila. I can't believe that we all have to say it. I can't believe that they said it. I can't believe they paid some consulting company like millions of dollars for this name. But I can't believe we've only done one pun about it. I think like that's very impressive. It's just the beginning of the year. We'll we'll come back to it. It's true. So that's like I would say this is the news out of CS is this Sony Honda Mobility new brand of a car. It's what everyone is talking about. I'm just calling it right now. This thing is pure vapor and will never ship. Do you think they'll ever ship any kind of Sony car or just not this? Uh, it's not this. And if you, if you, even if you think about it, we, we talked about this show so many times, like this is not the kind of car that people are buying. People buy mid-size crossover SUVs. So showing up with your weirdo sedan, like you can't even get the tax credits for this right now in the United States. The tax credits are all for SUVs. You know the Tesla Model Y and the Mustang Mach-E aren't getting the tax credit because they're classified as sedans? So good. I mean, it's just fully silly. Just put a lift kit on it. They'll be fine. <laughs> You like roll up to the IRS with your lifted Model Y. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is an SUV now. All right. Other car stuff at CS. I'm just calling it. If you believe the Afila will ship, let us know. If you work at Sony and you can show us a working production unit of the I will we'll talk about it. But it's, I mean, it's called the Afila. Okay. Here's my other question. Will they change the name if it ever ships? No, they have to keep it. They're committed to it now. I mean, they will absolutely change the name. But I think even now we need to say you cannot change the name. You made your choice. You got drunk at the club a couple of years ago. You bonded. You agreed. You can't. No take backs. It's a feeling. Will I am pops out of the trunk. He's like, here. (laughs) (laughs) You promised me. (laughs) All right. 
Where is Will I am? How is he not? How is he not involved in this? After all the tech stuff that he this launched, is the most somehow him. this launches and he's nowhere to be found. That's suspicious. That is very suspicious. Did they name the execs who worked on it? No. If Will I am worked on this, he would have been named the creative director of Aphila. Theoretically, which is his title with all the things he works on. Uh, we once did an article, and I think the headline is Will I am is the kiss of death. Because every tech product that he has ever launched as a creative director has been a spectacular flop. Dan Sievert once published the headline, like, Will I Am's bracelet, like, I don't want it to touch my body. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dan. Have you, you've encountered Dan Sievert before. He's not prone to bursts of hyperbole. No. And he's like, I don't want this thing near my body. <laughs> like, don't even want to look at it. Touched his hair. He's upset. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since we've covered a bad Will I Am gadget. This is his moment. All right, we should talk about the BMW, the iVision D. It it talks. It's your friend. Because this was the one that had the Arnold Schwarzenegger commercial attached to it, right? Yeah. Where he spends the whole time talking about how they're going to be best friends. And then he, like, helps a lady hook up with some dude. And they never show the most interesting part of the car. Yeah, that, that's CS in a nutshell, is they have a celebrity. That's right. They did a skit. They don't show you the product. Let me just give you – so the iVision D is a kind of like a retro-futuristic BMW. Right. It's got some, like, Camaro vibes in the front end, like 60s Camaro vibes in the front end. But it's got the ugly – everybody's doing these ugly hubcaps. That's, that's just, like, that means EVs. Yeah, they're bad. So iVision D stands for Digital Emotional Experience, D-E-E. <laughs> Let me just read this word to you. The headlights and the closed BMW kidney grill also form a common fidgetal icon on a uniform surface – allowing the vehicle to produce different facial expressions. And what they mean by fidgetal is the combination of the word physical and digital. They were supposed to launch an NFT with this, but then they canceled it when the prices crashed and they couldn't get <laughs> fidgetal out of the press release. That's what happened here, because that's the only place where they use this word. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very bad. The whole point of this is that it has this assistant, and then in, in the inside of this car, we don't really know what the car is going to look like or if it really exists because all the pictures are renders, but the whole point of this is that it will talk back to you and that your driver, you can create like a metaverse avatar, which can be projected onto the side window of the car. Like, those are all things I do not want in my life. Yeah, this was the NFT car. This was supposed to have your, your ape on the outside, and then they realized they couldn't do that. And they just, they still had the car <laughs> renders laying around and they had to do something with it. They're like, oops. They'd al they had already mocked those up. Wait, is that real? This was an NFT car? So they just dropped it. it. I mean, that must be the truth because every single thing about it matches with NFT reality. Mixed reality, you put your avatar on the outside. This is a tokenized vehicle. <laughs> this is a metaverse experience from BMW. Right. Like, and then they just didn't say the NFT parts because that's anathema right now. Yeah. Does it have the BMW logo on it? Yeah. Yeah, it's got the round dial on the front. Okay, there it is. Very tiny. It is truly one of the strangest, strangest cars I've ever seen. It's You just got to go look at the pictures. It's all renders. This is the most vaporware car we have ever covered. Like, it does, even the prototype doesn't exist. It's great. I love it. It's so goofy. Anyway, BMW is a company charging subscriptions for heated seats. So we'll see if their weird non-NFT NFT car succeeds. But what's... Annoying about it is that there's one part of it that is real, and they they did last year, and they 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 showed off in this giant render that kind of like destroyed all of my hope in humanity, and that's that it has the e ink panels that we saw last year, but in color. 
I mean, because like we saw the cars last year, they had real cars driving around CES last year with real e-ink panels in it. And this year they have real fake cars driving around in real fake reality with actual real e-ink panels, which is this new like tech called Prism 3 from e-ink. And that's really, really cool. And I'm really annoyed because that's actually really, really cool real technology paired with like the cartoon car with your NFT on the face. Yeah. I will say that the fact that there are no actual pictures of the iVision D makes me wonder. It's just all in motion. Yeah. it's And there's no real person driving it. It's always a cartoon lady driving it. Or it's like really far away. Yeah. I guess there's one picture of a guy, but then the, in this picture, the car is all white. <laughs> <laughs> so again. I'm watching this video and it's blowing my mind. Why is that? I, I don't know why I'll. I, I don't know why why the Terminator is here. I don't know. Why. Oh yeah, no, you have to go watch the video. This is what Alex <laughs> was talking about. This, t- is this is what Alex was saying at the start. Like this, the video is the most CES thing you can watch. Yeah, the video is so good. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it, but they don't show the panels. They don't show the panels, and, the, and the, except for the last shot where they're like helicopter overing, they're helicoptering over the car, and then it's like uh, rendery. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying it's, it's not a real car. Two of the most. But the e-ink tech is real. The e-ink tech is real. But is it mounted on a BMW that exists? So, e- no, <laughs> but it's like e-ink sent me. They sent me a whole thing talking about it. It's their four particle ASEP system. And ASEP has two branches. And one is what you get, which is like e-readers, the new Gallery 3 uh, color e-ink that's coming out later this year. And then the other side is Prism 3, which is what is on this. And it's more like a mesh. It's not like actual panels. It's really weird. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Oh, it's on a fake car that will never exist and is all a cartoon. Yeah. I'm deeply disappointed. I love it. Because I think the audacity of launching in intensely vaporware cars at CES, the, for a long time, the way CES worked was we would see the insides of cars at CES. Yeah. Because that's where the screens were. And we would hear about like whatever QNX software upgrade was coming <laughs> to like Jeeps next year. And then a week later at the Detroit Auto Show, we would see the outsides of cars. Yeah. And now we're just going for broke on what about what if we just showed you entire fake cars. What if we just showed you a lot of really cool renders at CES with our big screens? It's a lot. All right. Some other car news at CES. Uh, some good stuff here. Mercedes uh, installing thousands of EV fast chargers across the United States. They're going to spend a billion dollars on it in conjunction with ChargePoint. Uh, they're going to install 400 of these hubs, each with approximately six charging stations, key cities, uh, major highways. This is good. This is good news. They needed to do this a long time Did ago. Did you see the part of the the press release where they're like, but we're not going to put it in like some weird, by the weird dumpster in like a shady area. These are going to be nice charging points in nice areas. Yeah. Like, oh, is, is that a problem now? It's a huge problem now. Like, are they just in like, where, where are the, char- I, I always assumed the chargers were always in the nice areas because everybody drives Teslas. Yeah, the Tesla chargers are generally a nicer experience. Even some of those are weird. Yeah. But like your average Electrify America single charger is like broken. They might be anywhere. Right. There's like coyotes howling in the distance. <laughs> Even if you go watch our, our Ford Lightning review video, we went to the charger on the highway and it was next to a that. dumpster. That's true. Uh, and, you know, I, I've talked to many car CEOs and I always ask them about this and they've they've been punting. And I think them admitting that the chargers are by dumpsters is an important sign of progress. Like step one 
admit the Chargers are currently by dumpsters. <laughs> Step two, spend a billion dollars putting them somewhere else. So that's good news. A good bit of CS news for Mercedes there. Um, other little stuff, uh, car-wise, ring car cam with... Who knows why anybody wants this? The little ring dash cam. People were really interested in this story. People and I don't love know it. Why. People love dash cams. Most dash cams are made up by weirdo brands. Yeah, they love a dash cam and they're like, oh, I recognize this brand, but you don't want this brand. Go get like your weird, never yeah. heard of before company. The Those one are that, dash cams. One that isn't deeply embedded with the police already. Yeah. Great. Don't get the police one. Anyway, it's finally shipping for 200 bucks. The Rings dash cam, 200 bucks. And then two little bits of Google Android auto news. I mean, the first one is just hilarious. They have Google put out a split screen version of Android auto for cars with widescreen displays a little bit ago. And now it's rolling out to everyone. And they made a little video. They're not it's yes. Nice bit of Google news. It looks exactly like CarPlay. Like just identical. CarPlay from like three years ago. Yeah. Like a- Apple figured this out a while ago. Yeah. It's like, it's fairly funny that Apple and Google are in the cycle of just fully copying each other. And neither one of these things is that good. <laughs> just putting it out there. They're both fine. That's it. They're, you cannot claim that they are anything better than fine, which is a, a, a meaningful step over what most car manufacturers could do. I was about to say, they're better than what the car manufacturers do. Because if I have to do Mazda's built-in system or Apple CarPlay, I'm going Apple CarPlay every time. The Mazda system is horrible. What, you don't like Honda's uh, 2011 Android tablet? You're right. <laughs> this is like the curse of low expectations, right? You're like, our bar that we have to beat is Ford Sync actively torturing you. <laughs> Just the bar the we have to clear, yeah, is Mazda deleting all the money in your bank account when you try to <laughs> put in a navigation waypoint or like whatever it is. Yeah. It's a low bar. They cleared it. And the fact, and now that they are converging on the same sort of mediocre, pl- like, uh. that said, Google has new high res maps that it's putting out first in the Volvo EX90, the new EV, and in the Polestar 3. And so you can see Google's. And, you know, the Volvo and Polestar both use, like, Android as the infotainment yeah. stack. So you can see Google's pushing harder into cars. Like, they're owning more and more cars. They're doing Google built-in. Did we talk about Google built-in on the Vergecast yet and how deeply confusing it is? Well, it's funny because they're redoing the same thing that happened with Android, where you have Android and you also have Android with Google services where you can get, like, Gmail or, or in this case, Google Maps and YouTube maybe in the future yeah. someday. But everybody uses Android, but usually it's without Google Apps. Right. So like Stellantis uses Android, but without any Google services. Then Honda just announced a new Accord with Google built in, which is something. I can't believe they're betraying Sony already. But it's something. They're running something, but with Google services like Google Maps. Yeah. I think GM also has Google built in, which is something, but with Google Maps. unclear whether it's Android Automotive and then Volvo and Polestar run Android Automotive, which was just Android and plus Google stuff. So now there's just these tiers of like Google being in your car and you can see Google's strategy is basically whatever you want, as long as it's us. Whereas Apple's strategy is nothing. Do they have a strategy? Remember we got to see the whole car play, (laughs) just the way the exhaustion appeared on your face just then thinking about it, that split second of, no, I don't want to. 
And then Sony's strategy of what if the front grill of your car showed other people (laughs) the weather, which is good. It's not, I mean, it's, it's a service. It's helpful for cars. Where's the Samsung car? Why, why don't we have the Samsung car yet? That, that is strange that Samsung has it. With car. Bixby in it. Well, I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the Hyundai group is there with Hyundai and Kia and all the rest. Yeah. That, that's who was supposed to be making the Apple car. You could see Samsung just to walk down the street. Yeah. Right there. Well, they were, they were busy. Damn <laughs> they, they were busy going on. providing the chips to the Sony car that doesn't exist. Okay, that's car stuff. I got to say, we started with the feel just because I wanted to get it out of the way. I feel you. I'm not so much on Twitter anymore, but the number of people who tweeted me that we had to talk about a feel was very high, higher than anything else. But CS is a TV show. That's what it's really for. This is, this is where the action happens in the TV world. Right. One memory I do have of CS with Richard is the HD DVD versus Blu-ray CES, which was incredible, where the, this was going to be the format war year at CES. And then before the show started, Toshiba just caved and they tore down the HD DVD booth. We, you could actually see that you could actually see HDVD fall apart in real time, in real life, in front of you. I've, ne- I've never experienced something like that before because it was like you, you. It was like watching a dream die, except the dream actually existed. Yeah, it was truly bizarre. But this year, CS a little calmer. A lot of TV upgrades. Some interesting ideas about picture modes. Like we're in a mature part of a TV cycle, right? We're not insisting yeah, like that, hdr has come yeah they got it they figured it out have they figured it we're, out we're done like they're like okay <laughs> we know we know what to sell you yeah i mean they they figured out like they know that their new thing is they can't just force you to buy a new tv because of 4k so they pivoted to hdr and they've now realized that's not exactly great so they're just gonna like kind of hang out and and improve the tvs until they figure out some reason to really force you to upgrade again like they're all really Which will be them. 3D again. It's going to be Avatar 2 Way of Water is going to hit on streaming not. and it's going to be 3D again. I promise you. For like a week. If you go back and read some of James Cameron's quotes about Avatar coming out on Blu-ray in 3D and he was like, this shit's the future from back then. Yes, he got distracted. Yes, it's been like four decades since that movie came out, but his heart is still pure. <laughs> he thinks home 3D is going to happen and Avatar is going to make it happen again. But it's true. Like Alex is saying, we are in a mature part of the TV cycle. Yeah. HDR. Like, I think, Richard, the way I would say it is when Apple caved and added HDR 10 plus to the Apple TV because Samsung wasn't going to break and add Dolby Vision. Like, then, you know, like all the fights are over there are no more fights. It's just incremental. But there's still some stuff. Alex, ATSC 3.0 news, your favorite. Very, very exciting news. Can you just tell people what it is? So ATSC 3.0 is the next like broadcasting standard for the four of you and my mom who still watch broadcast TV. I'm surprised she's not watching it in another room right now at her house. It just it's supposed to be better because you can not only get it through like an antenna, but you can get it through 5G. So like you and somebody else can both be sitting together on your couch watching live TV on your phone without having to go through Spectrum or Charter or whoever your provider is, just watching it over the air through 5G. So like theoretically, really, 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 really cool, right? But nobody's actually adopting it. There's very few markets that have it. (laughs) New York City doesn't have it. And it's a whole weird, complex problem. We'll hopefully talk about more on a future episode of this show. But like I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth right now, one of the largest markets in the United States. I think we've got like one station that has it. And it's crazy because ATSC 3.0 is like 
could solve so many problems. But everybody's kind of figured out, no, we don't want to do broadcast. We all want to have our little fiefdoms that you pay a subscription for. Yeah. So we're just going to do that. Suck it, broadcast, slowly die. And broadcast is like, okay, ATSC 3.0, we're on 5G now. <laughs> and so that was the big news. They did a test a couple of weeks ago and they announced it this week that they had like successfully shown off like 5G over the air broadcasting in a moving car, which is like kind of hard to do, right? Like if you've ever had to mess with antennas in your house to watch broadcast TV, now imagine doing that while driving 60 miles per hour down the highway. That's like not easy to do. So it is kind of impressive technology, but the fact that none of the markets are adopting it is bad. Yeah. Well, because all those local news stations are getting sucked up into Yeah. I mean, there's an entire like media ownership crisis. Well, it was interesting because one of the biggest ones was Sinclair, and Sinclair was actually part of this big announcement. So they like Sinclair, who's who kind of has bought a lot of these broadcast stations, they're very committed to like ATSC 3.0. But also it's Sinclair who has a lot of issues. They're, yeah, they're also committed to not spending money. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> Come on, it guys, you can do it. I'm pretty sure there's one ATSC 3.0 broadcaster by my my house up in the woods, and they have chosen to use the additional bandwidth not for higher picture quality, but to shove more infomercials. Yes, in like sub channels of infomercials. It's very good. Yeah, that was that was part of it. They were like, oh, yeah, we can do so many more channels on a channel. So you can get a lot more <laughs> advertising. And I was like, is that a good thing? And they're like, oh, yeah. It's not a good thing. All right, let's talk about some actual TVs. LG had a bunch of TVs. I actually want to start not with their weird wireless TV, which you can talk about for a minute, but with this picture modes thing. So if you will remember, LG owns WebOS. I feel like every year at CS is just me recapitulating the last 20 <laughs> years of tech history. So there was, there was some- WebOS isn't dead. It's still here. Like that, that we should celebrate that. We should celebrate that. Every, it should be a holiday, a national holiday. It's true. So the Palm Pre was announced at CES. <laughs> what am I doing? In 2008, the Palm Pre was announced at CES. Uh, Matthias Duarte, uh, who is, now works at Google, is the head of design of, of Android and Google. He announced the Palm Pre along with this new system called WebOS. You might have heard of it if you have ever listened to this show before. Many things happen, including the complete collapse of Hewlett Packard. <laughs> <laughs> and WebOS somehow ended up in the hands of LG, which used it not to make phones, but to put on their TVs. And their whole thing was they needed their own. Basically, TV apps are all HTML5 apps. Yeah. So they needed their own stack to run it. HTML5 apps. TV world, by the way, is still the most fragmented technology landscape in the entire like ecosystem. Like phones are like Android and iOS. Laptops are like Mac OS, Windows, a little Linux. TVs are Samsung has Tizen. LG has WebOS. A bunch of people have Android from Google. A bunch of people have Android without Google. A bunch of people have Roku. And then there's like yet more infinity craziness. Vizio runs its own weird thing. So TVs are totally all over the place. They all run basically HTML5 apps. LG buys WebOS, does WebOS. Their big thing is they introduced a character. This is a true story. Etsy has called Beanbird. No. Who is going to help you. This is true. This is real. Who's going to help you set up your TV. And the idea was that your TV was too hard to use and Beanbird would help you. They've held on to this idea. Beanbird may have disappeared, but the idea that the TV should be more helpful and LG can help you set it up and then target more advertising to you has persisted. Thank you, LG. So now they've got this thing where instead of doing picture modes, when you turn on your LG TV, it's going to show you images on the screen and then you can like click through them and tell them which ones you like. 
and then that will adjust your picture settings. And this is going to result. So it's like going to the eye doctor. Yeah, it's the eye doctor. Which one do you like better? This one or the, like, you go look at the pictures on our site, you can see it. And this is going to result in the most bonkers, insane picture settings on grandparents' TVs of all time. Like, it's going to be fully so blown out highlights, massive contrast, brightness cranked to oblivion. It's going to be the worst thing in the world. Like, right now, I'm, I'm watching a show I can't talk about yet on that's coming out on HBO. It's a beautiful, touching story of a, a dad and his surrogate daughter. And it is so damn dark. And every day my mom's watching it with me. And she's like, this is dark. I can't see anything. Can we turn the brightness up? And I refuse to allow it because I've already calibrated her TV. And I'm like, no, this is what they intended. And this is just going to ruin the creator's intent. It's super sad. But well, it's also, I guess it'll make people happier with their sets. I know that our, our producer, Liam, was talking about Will any of the automatic settings turn off the soap opera effect? Because I feel like the answer is no. The, the TV manufacturers have just decided that's how you're going to live unless you go in and change. No, no, no. They have so. they have film mode now. They gave Tom Cruise a mode. Yeah. I hope it shows them a clip when they're having to select. They're like, which one looks nicer to you? Minions 2 in super fast soap opera mode or not? And I hope they all choose the soap opera mode. I think we're about to learn that one, LG is collecting a ton of data with this feature. I mean, LG is the worst offender when it comes to running ads on their TVs, by far the worst. They're going to have the, they're going to be armed in the next meeting with like Tom Cruise and Christopher Nolan, the people like the soap opera. <laughs> yeah. And two, I think we're going to learn that people have just bonkers taste when it comes to picture quality. So yeah, they need the reference modes, which they, they're starting to add, but then they're, they're doing this new thing where people get, I mean, you should just pick, it's called the personalized picture wizard and it's going to show you six images and like step you through eight times and you pick the one you like and there's AI involved and a lot of TVs are going to look completely insane. What I don't get is why they don't just set everything in like cinema mode, which is calibrated to, to be exactly like what the calibration specs for all the people making it do and then just change the brightness because people have bad taste yeah but like don't let them have taste <laughs> all right remove Steve options <laughs> just be like no here's you're what dumb. i want you to do i want you to charge your mouse on the bottom i know what's best for you <laughs> i'm not asking that i'm just saying you know what it's supposed to look a little yellow all right we should talk about other tvs it is supposed to look a little you're correct yeah people want bright and blue i hate but them it's exactly what we're talking about so, and exactly what alex is talking about uh, Samsung with their new TVs, they've got Relumino mode. Now, now we, we like we've talked about the settings, but this is like a, a technology that they are building that it uh, translates from Latin to return the light. It uses Samsung AI, of course, to dynamically outline the edges of on-screen elements and rebalance colors. Uh, it's supposed to be it's supposed to help people with low vision, but as you said, you're going to come to your parents' house and you're going to find out that they have this thing on, and you are going to see something that you have never even imagined could exist <laughs> on a display. <laughs> <laughs> this welcome. is because we're all home from the holidays. We're all dealing with it, but it's there. It never stops. It never goes away. I turned off motion smoothing on a TV that I, I personally have turned off motion smoothing two years ago, and it just came back, and they denied it. They said, we don't even watch this TV, and I said, no, it's back, and Relumino <laughs> mode is coming. Uh, we should talk about this wireless LG TV. This makes no sense to me, so it's super expensive. It has a breakout HDMI box. So you mount the yeah. TV on your wall. It's got a super thin power cord. And then somewhere else in your room, you plug everything into this box, which then transmits 
wirelessly to this TV. It's for the aesthetic. I mean, it's a 97-inch screen. We're assuming it will be extremely expensive. The last time LG showed off a concept like this, the TV itself was like $100,000 in the end. I'm just saying, if you have the money for the intense concept 97-inch TV <laughs> that still needs power, you still have to hide the power cable, do you not have the money to hide another cable? I think this is like they're just doing a really nice service for installers who are realistically the people setting these TVs up, right? Like if you're spending the money to buy a 97-inch TV for however much this is going to be, thousands and thousands of dollars, you're probably paying an installer to come in and install it and make it all look pretty in your house. And this is just nice for those installers because instead of having to like hide a whole bunch of cords, they have to hide a one cord. One cord. One One cord. And it's, that's one less than Samsung on their old high-end TVs, which had the breakout box and like the fiber optic cord. I'm just confused because didn't we do this already with like all those wide-eye demos we went to 10 years ago? Yeah, but this is, I mean, this is, they're sending 4K 120 30 feet wirelessly, which is insane. Yeah. The video would have been compressed then. This is uncompressed, pure. It's processed in the box. The only thing on the screen is the display and no electronics or whatever. It's paper thin, right? I yeah. can't wait to see what happens when your kid is like, microwaving some hot wings while you're watching a football game and it just craps out. Yeah. I don't trust anything wireless as I think our readers know. <laughs> but I, I think it's, I think it's cool. Like I think if you can bring this, we've started to see Samsung slowly bring this like breakout box idea down into more affordable products. I say more affordable. I mean like, what was it? The 3000 The frame TV was on sale for 800 bucks. This, this yeah. last like they, they've, they've, they've brought those prices down. And if you could do that the same with this, I personally would never do it because I love wires. But for a lot of people, those people who like like to put their TV over their fireplace, even though you should never, ever do that, this is like a dream come true. But you still have to run power. If you have to run a power cable, you can run one HDMI cable. Yeah, but what about their Xbox and their PS5? But that cable, just you run it into the breakout box, like the frame TV. You connect everything. So you're just saying we should just have the breakout box. Yeah, I mean, that's what most TVs... They've just eliminated the cable from the TV, the panel to the breakout box. I know, but like there was a long time where people were like, why do I need cordless headphones? They're bad and stupid and they still are and people still love it. We just did an entire episode on Bluetooth, Alex. I know. And as everyone, everyone <laughs> listening knows, I know nothing about Bluetooth. <laughs> nothing. No, I'm just saying like the, the limitations, I, I just don't get it. If yeah. you have $100,000... To put this TV in your wall and you've got to run power, what does the breakout box get you? One less wire. Uh, One less you. wire. You can play physical games without getting off the couch. You can have everything, everything you've ever wanted. You can have your, your physical media archives, but you don't have to get off the couch to change the movie or the game. It's, it's perfect. What could be better? Than that? So you just have a big like tower next to your couch. It's going to be great. The future. <laughs> we're all still using this. <laughs> that said, we don't know what the input lag. They won't say what the input lag is. Other, we'll just quickly go through some other stuff. Roku announced its own TV line. The only thing I want to point out here, this makes sense. Roku has been making TVs in partnership with TCL for years. Now they're just putting their own branding on the TVs. TVs seem like they're going to be one step down from TCL's TVs. They're just like, the, they, they won't talk about specs, and that usually means the specs aren't going to be top-of-the-line specs, right? Yeah. They'll be cheap. Yeah, they will be cheap. Chris Welch wrote this up for us. He noted that the person in charge of Roku's TV efforts, former TCL executive Chris Larson, 
So they're just keeping that in the family. This feels like GM, like some things are a Buick and some things are a Chevy, but they're all the same car. It seems like what's happening with, because Roku's not making the TVs. They're definitely rebranding something. So whether it's TCL or Hisense or whatever, who knows? But my guess is- Insignia. Insignia is also rebranded, whatever. Damn it. Yeah, Insignia's is the Best Buy house brand, I think. Um, whatever whatever the Insignia, what whoever they go to, that's who Roku went to. <laughs> that's who Roku went to. Speaking of TCL, they've got new branding. They're, they have much higher end specs, and they're totally, they've decided that gamers are their market, which I think is pretty interesting, actually. Um, because we, we, I think we've, we have people on this on our staff. We have definitely people like this on Polygon staff. The number of people who in the pandemic now have like multiple TVs in their living room so they can game side by side is fascinating to me. Richard just gave a very knowing look off to the side. Okay, of his room. I, there, uh, there are two TVs behind me for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that's fascinating. And then Razer made a sound bar that tracks your head in the room for, I mean, this is going to sound horrible, but they've made a sound bar with IR trackers, like a Kinect, to figure out where your head is and then do surround sound based on where your head is in the room. Not, neither of you sound convinced by this. I, I, had, I had the original Leviathan, and then I broke the one of the cords on it and they couldn't, they were like, no, we don't sell, we don't have replacements for that. I even went to like the PR guy. I did like the thing that you should never do as a journalist. And I was like, do you know if, if you guys make these replacement cords? Because I personally want one. And he was like, no, we don't. I can get you one. And I was like, no, I, I'm not going to take one that you like just go and take out of another box. You should just make these. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm over razor sound bars. Yeah. Well, this one is looking for your head with infrared. Yeah. Even and more it- over this particular one. And it will find you. Uh, we actually didn't talk about Samsung. Samsung, as always, announced a ton of TVs. And Chris Welch, I think, dropped this story into Slack when he was done writing. He's like, this is Eli's nightmare. <laughs> Samsung is like all in on AI picture tricks, all in on remapping SDR to HDR content, all in on more processing enhancements. Just in general, we've like hit the point where the panels are all pretty good. And so now all the effort to differentiate the panels is happening on the back end in software. And yeah, I would say, well, it's just correct. This feels like my nightmare because it's all just weird processing tricks across the board. Turn and it all off. I really want is just show me the movie as it was intended to be seen. Please. What if we didn't do that? Auto HDR remastering uses AI deep learning technology to analyze and apply real-time HDR effects on standard dynamic range content on a scene-by-scene basis. It's like, uh... I don't want that. I really don't want you to do that. But people love really bright pictures. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so, you know, Samsung now is, like, everywhere, right? They're making standard LCDs, they're making micro-LEDs, and they're making OLEDs. Yeah, they're, like, just a full stack. Yeah. Do, are they good? Do you want to own one for more than a year? Remains to be seen. Here's my question. Is this final... Like, I have a early, I think, a B7, B6 LG OLED. It's this totally is the fine. year. You think do this it. is the year? This is the year. Because I have a B7 and I don't want to be alone when I go and upgrade mine. So do it, Neil. <laughs> Welch gave you the, the reason. The, he, he gave you the reason to get the, the new one this year. Uh, the one thing that we haven't talked about, what, what if they had, had a software upgrade that was good? There's something that changed in, in WebOS that he does like uh, the way the notifications pop up. Oh. So it, they... Not everything is bad or the worst. And some of the HDMI 2.1 features, maybe they'll even work this year. Yeah. We'll have hope. I have hope. You got to at least wait for QD OLED to like actually spread out. Like so far, it's just Sony with their highest end model 
which I know they bought from LG Display, but like not even LG is making a TV with QD OLED yet. I would I would wait for that. I'm just going to get a reference monitor. Yeah, it's just like this TV is definitely good enough. And I mostly watch like ultra compressed streaming content. <laughs> like, you know? It's fine. All right, Alex, put together a Plex server of only the finest uncompressed Blu-ray rips. <laughs> I got You're you. You're going to be watching Big Bunny for hours. <laughs> all right. Will they all be from the 1930s? Probably. We, <laughs> the public domain with Alex Krantz. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. There were, look, there was a bunch of other CS display stuff. Samsung had a bunch of rolly foldy displays, lots of prototypes. Hard to talk. Dell 6K. Oh yeah, there actually a bunch of people came at the Pro Display XDR, Dell and Samsung. Uh, Samsung kids five K display. Dell had the thirty two inch six K. That's pretty cool. It's neat to see a little competition there. Like I said, CS is display show. So go look on the site. It's hard to talk about displays, especially go look at all the Samsung prototypes because they're cool as hell. They're just not products. And I think the TV market is super mature. Yeah. Like the answer is like if you want a TV, you're not waiting for anything better right now. Like you, you might as well, which is how I justify all multi-thousand dollar purchases. It's going to be a huge game changer next year. You need the new TV because it will have the NFT app store. We're going crypto this year. <laughs> that's, my, that's my goal. I'm going to sell all of you tokens. We're going to do yeah. this together. We're not going to let crypto. We're not going There's to let a the fire sale on FTX tokens. This. Go stuck up, Richard. Well, once the marketplace is reopened and we can access them, yes. <laughs> We're having a little problem, but it'll be fine. All right. Like I said, CS, the display show, lots of TV news. Chris Welch has done an amazing job. If you want all the details and the stuff, go read his coverage. Go look at the TikToks of displays folding. We got to take a break. We can come back. There's still more. There's desktop. There's laptops. I'm sure Richard will find a way to make that about crypto, too. We'll be right back. <laughs> Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Kohler. I think when we think of design, we're like, beautiful poster, gorgeous graphics. But I also think design has like a place in making sure that people feel the best that they can be. Hi, I'm Laura Delorado. I'm a group creative director at Vox Creative. During my nine to five and my five to nine, I've always got good design on the brain. It's metaphorically and physically glowing. It's like the Aurora Borealis. Which is exactly why I was so excited to meet the new Me 2.0, Kohler's smartest toilet. On first introduction, it legit just waved a hand at me. Not actual waved a hand, but the lid moved up and greeted me for the use. But right now we're in a showroom, so I can't actually use it. Functions like this, a hands-free greeting, and form combine in the Numi to elevate the everyday. It's a sculpture that begs for someone to like rest their body on it and walk away feeling really comfortable. A temperature-controlled bidet, the heated seat, automatic self-cleaning cycles, access to smart home functions thanks to a built-in Alexa, the Numi's got it all for everyone. The bottom has this really beautiful green glow, and it's almost as if they knew that was my special color, because if you go into my bathroom at home, the entire bathroom is a mint green. It's like the new me knew that I was showing up. And 
What's really cool about this is that there is this like circular sphere metal piece that like allows for you to change the color on the bottom. So if I'm not in my mint green era, which I'm often am, I can be in another era, my like calming blue, my like rosy pink, like whatever I need to feel. It's, it's like the Sistine Chapel of toilets. Experience a fully connected oasis of clean and comfort with the Numi 2.0. Learn more at Kohler.com. All right, we're back. There's still more CS stuff to talk about. It does feel like I'm a little drunk. I mean, I'm not. Had a little. But just. A little vodka. Talking about gadgets in Vegas for long enough, you get a little. Takes you to a place. Get a little tipsy. You're a little out there. Suddenly you're just smelling cigarette smoke and you don't know why. You're having a great time. I got a, a text from an unnamed former colleague and all it said was, I'm jonesing for a jewel. <laughs> and I realized that I was, and I have it in years. And it's just, I think my body expects nicotine in early January. <laughs> yeah. Because of CES. It's just gotten used <laughs> to it. It's just, this is when you smoke, bro. Like, <laughs> where are we at? Liam's what are you just doing? vaping furiously. That's horrible. Don't vape, kids. Don't listen to us. Turn this off. Get out of your car and run away from us. Uh, AMD announced a bunch of stuff. Alex, take us through it. Yeah, they announced a lot of stuff. AMD, this is kind of a big show for them, and they usually save some really big stuff for it. One of the big things they announced is like a really fast mobile GPU. The RX 7600M, it's expected this year in 2023, and they're promising basically NVIDIA 3060 desktop performance in a laptop, which is like really, really nice. We're, we're not right quite at like 4K 100 frames per second, but we're definitely at that for 1080p, So, which is what a lot of laptops are at right now. So this is like going to be pretty fast. It's a nice bonus, but we don't know what that power consumption is going to look like and just how much battery life these things are going to crush. I predict a lot. Yeah. AMD's gotten a lot better at this, but they're still not like, they're not Apple. Apple is just schooling everybody when it comes to power and and performance. But, but not necessarily on the GPU side. Yeah, but I mean, kind of even in the GPU side, right? Like... It's not at the same level. An, an Apple GPU is not going to ever give you the same performance, or an Apple chip isn't going to give you the same performance as one of these discrete graphics chips. But it's still, like, the, the power consumption is still going to be a problem. This is still probably not going to be a 10-hour laptop. Right. I mean, I hope it is, but I, I highly doubt it. And then the other, the other big news was new CPUs, all... Yeah, uh, new mobile processors. This is they've got including one that's got a 16 core chip, which isn't quite as many as one of the newer Intel mobile processors, which has a 24 core chip. And it's very, but it is very funny because these guys are still talking about cores, and Apple's over here being like, "No, we don't even have to talk about that anymore. We've moved beyond that." <laughs> like, sorry, I'm just I'm using AMD time to stand about Apple. And I feel really bad about it. But the Apple... You're going to get called out for this. I, I am. But the processors are good. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting what they're doing here because it, it's only 16 cores, but it's not like Intel's kind of big little arm, star, arm style approach they're using on the new chips. Like they're all 16 are, are all big cores, I guess. Or like two, it's like two full eight core chips squeezed into one is, is what it's described as. 
Yeah, yeah. I think we're starting to. I think what we're gonna we're, we're starting to see, and we're gonna continue to see, is that AMD has gotten a lot of work out of Infinity Fabric, right? Like they've gotten a lot of play over the last six years out of Infinity Fabric, which has let them to just bolt GPUs and CPUs together, just bolt core after core after core onto these processors and get a lot of power. And everybody else has really started to pivot in this other direction, this big little core. And AMD is doing a little bit of that too across the board, but they're a little behind. I'm, I'm kind of worried. I, I know they've ta- a number of people have talked to Lisa Sue, the CEO, being like, are you guys falling behind again? Are we about to see, are we going to get another bulldozer in a year or two? And obviously she's saying, no, they are not going to drop the ball catastrophically. And we're seeing a lot of work, like good work in that mobile space, right? Like the Steam Deck uses an AMD processor and their laptops have gotten a lot better, but they still got a lot of catching up to do. I would say they're still better than Intel for the most part. Like these processors are still going to be faster if you can find them in a product than the Intel processors. But a lot of people are really going, no, I want something that is fast and has really good battery life. I don't necessarily care about having the fastest thing in the world in a mobile. And how will they find it with these names? Yeah, because I feel like we haven't given enough credit. They changed the naming scheme for the processors this year. Oh, my God. You you don't like the names. So everything is a 7000 series this year. And then the, the third number tells you how good it is. And not the first number like it used to be. Yeah. Like you yeah, have they, you have to have... read a chart to figure out what the numbers mean now. Yeah, everything is a... I'll just read from Monica's post here. The potential star of the show is the, quote, Dragon Range Zen 4 Ryzen 9 7945HX. <laughs> Rolls right this off the This is their new naming they were, style. I mean, they, that's they the way they've always done it, though. No, I... Yes, no, this is I'm what they've sure picked. I'm pretty sure this is the same naming scheme, right? They've always had the first numbers, the generation. They changed the, it's always been numbers like this, but they changed the way that the numbers go. It's still four letters and then it's still four numbers and then a letter. But the, it's, the first number is the portfolio year. So it's seven this year for 2023. The second number is market segment. Uh, so like the most powerful ones are nine. One is the one that you shouldn't buy. The third number is the Zen architecture. So like one, two or three. And then the fourth number is, I, I don't know what that fourth number is. I, I don't know. Feature isolation. You, I, I'm done. I, I've got nothing. <laughs> it's a five. Yeah. It's deeply confusing. The good news is the people who buy the ch- chips directly to install in PCs directly will figure it out, right? If you're, if you're out there just like buying bare CPUs, you're going you're gonna to figure this out. Maybe. AMD had some problems with the wrong names um, on their CPUs during the press conference, uh, as Tom Warren noted. They repeatedly called them the wrong thing. So what's in the laptop you get no assurance. So AMD, it's, uh, but by, hopefully by the time they arrive on store shelves or your favorite online retailer, they'll figure it out. There'll be charts, whatever. It's the companies, it's the OEMs need to figure this out and then market the chips appropriately. At the same time, I think, is this AMD chip faster than that Intel chip? Impossible for the regular person to know at this moment in time, especially to Alex's point. Well, impossible to even test. Yeah. Like for the mobile chips, it's kind of, it's a toss up because you can't do just an apple to apples. Nobody's going to be making the exact same laptop and just switching out processors anymore. Yeah. That said enough of the laptops at CS are basically using the same chips and the same, like the features that we're competing on it, which it very much echoes the, the TV conversation. Like everything has gotten to a place of like being good enough for samey enough that we're now differentiating on absolutely bonkers features, which brings me, <laughs> sorry, I just, I, I can't be talking about Ryzen chips 
when <laughs> Lenovo is out there. <laughs> Lenovo has a bunch of stuff. Lenovo has a new ThinkBook, which with modular accessories, like an LTE module, a webcam light, all this other stuff. A cool new all-in-one with like a really neat stand. Looks they gorgeous. made a phone, the ThinkPad phone, which well, none of this matters. <laughs> the only reason that we're doing this show today is, is the, the yoga book tablet? Nine I, not the e-ink tablet. They're weird Kindle scribe that no one will buy except for Alex. <laughs> it's the yoga book nine I, which is a dual screen laptop. It has a stand that lets you stand both screens up in portrait configuration. Oh, yeah. And then like a removable keyboard that comes with it. And then just, you got to watch the video, go watch the video. Monica is like over the moon about this thing. It looks so cool. It looks like they've done this iPads. before. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, this, I, I like I'm really excited because we've been seeing this exact like concept for years. For a while you couldn't go to a single meeting with AMD or Intel without them showing off a concept like this and being like, dual screens are coming. Microsoft was doing it too. Everybody would have these big meetings and they would show off this exact concept, but janky as hell. And this yeah. is like slightly less janky. Dual 13.3 inch OLED touchscreens. It's coming. Keyboard. It's, you can actually buy it. Extremely weird vertical stand. This thing is so like, I'm just like, watch this video. Watch this video to slight remove. You've all seen Monica. You've watched her review video. She's been on the show. She's so captivated by this thing that she's like, check out this easy 10 finger swipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's great. The thing looks amazing. This is like what YCS exists is this laptop. It's I can't so wait good. to buy one. I'm 100% going to buy one and then realize that I have no need for this at all and not use it. But just look at the configurations. Are you going to return it? Like, like, do we need to just time how long it takes you to, to return it? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have it. <laughs> uh, I just, you just like, look at it. You can put the, you can open it and then have both screens in portrait. So you like turn it sideways so you can read like a magazine. Yeah, or like one full screen Slack and one full screen dock and the keyboards in front. You can swipe the, you can, in, when the bottom screen is the, the keyboard, you can swipe the keyboard down to have keyboard in the front and then you get a variety of status indicators that Lenovo thinks are important, but which are not important. It's so good. It has haptics, so it feels like you're typing when you're typing. Yeah, there's no way that a laptop size touchscreen keyboard is going to feel good with its haptics. <laughs> $2,100, 13th gen Intel Core i7. Womp womp. 16 gigs of RAM though. Uh and it's come it's gonna ship in June as a pen. This is the future. You whatever e-ink nonsense you think, you love it. I think the most exciting thing about it is that the case and the pen and the keyboard are included. Yeah. That like that was the part I was like, done. It's a steal. How can you afford not to buy a Lenovo? Yeah. Instead of twenty five hundred, it's two thousand for everything. I can't even get the name right. I'm so excited about it. How could you not buy a Lenovo Yoga Book Nine I in the market for a Bluetooth keyboard? Have you considered the Lenovo Yoga Book Nine I, which comes with a full laptop with dual thirteen point three inch OLEDs? I want it so badly. It's like when I'm like I kind of miss not being at CES. Like the sensation of walking into a hotel suite that has been arranged to display hundreds of laptops and like weird breakout boxes for TVs that no like I can smell that room. You can smell the that crackle coffee. of old coffee. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. mm, like that one like coffee. little fruit salad in the corner kind of getting a little old. It's beautiful. No one ever eats the fruit salad. I just I'm envisioning getting on a plane with this and, and pulling out my dual stack OLEDs in front of me that, that reach above my head. Yeah. And I'm not 
No, first what you do is you walk you walk up and down the aisle of that plane, finding the one dude with the Samsung Galaxy Fold who's hot shit. Because that person is on every plane now. There's one dude with a stylus and a Galaxy Fold who's like, ho, 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 right? And then you <laughs> then you pull out your yoga book, just full vertical unfold. You throw your keyboard in his lap. You start typing <laughs> with your foot while you hold that thing up like a scroll. Don't even sit down. If I'm ever going to get kicked off a plane, that's how I'm going out. I'm not doing any of this, like, comfort animal stuff. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing old timey navigator, one foot in the air on a keyboard, holding up a <laughs> double stack OLED display. All right, that's enough. Uh, other, do you want to talk about this Kindle Scribe? I mean, it's it's better than the Kindle Scribe because it can it actually lets you do more note taking stuff, but it's also worse in that it doesn't have an app store. It has it runs Android, but it doesn't have an app store. You can't sideload a lot of image types, a lot of book types. It's very, very hamstrung. It's very clearly meant less for people who want to read and more for like people who used to buy the Sony e-paper tablets where Uh, it just lets you do markups of PDFs. That's who this is for. And so like, cool, maybe it'll bring the price down on these note-taking devices. Lenovo's been playing around with e-ink for a really long time. I love that they're doing like an all e-ink device, but I probably won't buy one. I'd love to review one. Lenovo, call me. Are you going to look at the ThinkBook Plus, which has a color e-ink screen on the back of a regular display and you can swivel it around? Yeah, well, they've been doing that for a while, but now it's just color. This is the year for color e-ink. No, Trust, but now you can spin happen. it around. It's on you a swivel screen. Before. They, 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 they before? had one before. Yeah, they had one with a swivel, I'm pretty sure. Because they had the original ones, which was like the, the, the like, it was a Clippy. dual screen and you opened it up and one side yeah. was e-ink and the other was color. But then at one point they were like, okay, we're just going to have a swivel. And you can just decide which screen you want to use. If the next time I see you, you're not trying to operate the Verge on an e- color e-ink <laughs> ThinkPad, I'm going to be very disappointed. I got, I got some work to do. I'll call you guys later. Bye. Um, I love the HP Dragonfly Pro Chromebook because it is a Chromebook with RGB keys. I am 1,000% buying one of these for my parents. I love and Monica's just like, but keys. Why? Yeah, she, Monica refused to count it. So it's like the difference between her excitement over the yoga book where she's like, you just got to watch that video. She's, it's gleeful. She is gleeful to be looking at that laptop. So happy. It's infectious. And then she's like, why do these keys light up and no one can answer her? <laughs> she also pointed out that the HP's elite line is for professionals and the pro line is for consumers. We're just like through, like words have no meaning. For Hilo Packard at this point. So HP Elite. I love, you can only be elite if you have a job. professional products. HP Pro for consumers. <laughs> Very good. Buy, buying a computer with your own money. Yeah. Not elite. Not elite. <laughs> Not elite. <laughs> but pro. It's a real pro move. I'm super into this. I'm, I bought my parents a Chrome, famously bought my parents a Chromebook years ago. It was the Chromebook Pixel. The thousand dollar first Chromebook. And it, it is now end of life. They got a message while I was home saying that it would receive no more software updates, which is hilarious because it's just Chrome. So you got to get the new one. It's years, so I got to get the new one. They, I can't get them a Pixel book. That's a way step down from a Chromebook Pixel. And, and now you can buy them the HP Dragonfly Proletariat. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, you're a gamer now, Mom. <laughs> it's like rainbow keys going. It's going to be great. Uh, any other laptop stuff we should talk about? Should we talk about the Razer Edge? It's, it's cool. Like, I mean, this is... Razer's been doing a lot of work over the years with making mobile phones. 
and they've been doing a lot of work over the years with making controllers that you can plug into mobile phones. And then they said, what if it's all one thing and we work with Verizon to sell it? Yeah. And it's got 5G. Who doesn't love 5G? And that's exactly what I was missing from the Steam Deck was the ability to buy it on contract from Verizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 360 bucks. Wi-Fi only is 399 Think about that. Just, I mean, what a deal. I, I, I'll go with the Steam Deck. I'm going to stick with the Steam Deck for right now, especially with Stadia dying in a couple of weeks. I just think it's very funny that the pricing here is like old school phone contract pricing. Yeah. So the Wi-Fi only model costs 399 5G model. Without a contract, five ninety nine. But if you sign the Verizon contract, three fifty nine. Like, see, Done. Should, the math is like this is how much Verizon is soaking you for. It's two hundred dollars. So good. It's pretty good. I don't know. It kind of looks like a Nexus Seven. It's, it's like all, every like time I look a, at it, I'm like, it's a Nexus Seven. It's a phablet. Like the phablet is back, and Razor Razor resurrected the phablet and said, "What if it you stuck it in between two sides of controllers and had something." For all of your cloud gaming. So if you don't already have a Steam Deck and you don't already have one of the other mini like mobile PC handhelds right now, this is this is a this is an interesting option. I think the big test here is whether Verizon's network can actually do cloud gaming like this, and we'll see. All right, we gotta take a break. We'll come back. We got a little bit of a CS lightning round. It's not over yet. <laughs> You're still in Vegas with us. We'll be right back. Support for the podcast comes from Hims. Look, we all need help, but for some of us guys, it can be a real challenge to be so vulnerable. There are just some things we'd rather keep to ourselves. Hims knows how you feel, which is why they're looking to provide you the help you need discreetly. Introducing Hims, a men's healthcare product looking to provide simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for men. The entire process is 100% online, so you can get a new routine of improving your overall health in private. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. So while it can be tough to deal with this part of your life, it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash verge. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash verge for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash verge. Prescription to require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash verge for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. All right, we're back. Lightning round. Ready? Yes. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Delta and T-Mobile making in-flight Wi-Fi free if you have SkyMiles. Sounds great. Also, if you just knew anybody with a T-Mobile phone number, you could have typed in that number for years, which is, <laughs> I now feel comfortable disclosing. But it was weird before. It was like some flights, it was like that, and some flights, it would not have that. So now it's just going to be all flights free, whatever. If But there's this thing called Delta Sync. They're not giving you this thing for free. They are going to target ads at you on this network somehow. They've, they're talking about personalization, which is a code for targeted ads. <laughs> and as we know, so like ISPs, mobile carriers in particular, love to do weird ad targeting stuff, love to collect data in weird ways. I just want to read these terms of service before this thing goes live. That's all I'm saying. Do they say how fast it'll be? It's supposed to be fast enough for streaming because it's Viasat. It's not the old go-go stuff. Okay. So we'll see. Delta is also doing a test with Starlink, I think. A bunch of airlines are testing Starlink on the side. But I, I'm just, I'm flagging this one because free in-flight Wi-Fi is great, cool, whatever. 
I don't, when you add the, when you just like throw the word personalization into the mix, I'm like, oh, they're going to do some weird ad targeting. Yeah, think about they're, what you're what you're using that Wi-Fi for. Don't don't yeah. don't don't go to certain places with this Wi-Fi. Also because kids are around, but like also because you're on a plane, Alex. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've watched people just like load up on their phone. I'm like, okay. We were flying home from Chicago, and Becky was like, oh, don't worry, darling, it's on the plane. I might watch that. I'm like, no, you should not watch that on this plane right now. <laughs> not the place. <laughs> There's a new version of Qi, the wireless charging protocol, Qi. It's called Qi Our 2. Our reviews editor, Nathan Edwards, is so excited about this. Sean Hoster, ridiculously excited about this. Basically, what's happened here, unsurprisingly, there was Qi, the wireless, standing, the wireless charging protocol. Apple took it. Forked it into MagSafe. Put some magnets on it. Put some magnets on it, redid the coils, did some authentication stuff to charge at a faster rate, but still back compatible with Qi. And now Apple says we're going to give the magnet stuff to Qi. That's going to form the basis of Qi 2. It'll allow for non-flat connectors, i.e. a watch. Very exciting all the way around. The magnets still will not be strong enough to hold up a phone, which is a huge miss. <laughs> Just a huge miss for those of you like me who are addicted to buying car chargers for your phone. And unclear whether Qi 2 will be back compatible with MagSafe as it currently exists. Mm. So some bits and bobs here, but it looks like Apple decided that MagSafe, which is like more or less not a success, but it's, it's a success in that it exists in the Apple ecosystem. And nobody and adopted like, it. And people, like, you can buy accessories for it, but the magnets are too weak to do anything particularly interesting. It's just, so, it's yeah. weird. Like, my favorite MagSafe accessory is a little puck that I bought to mount by my bathroom mirror so I can watch TV in the morning while brushing my teeth. Does it work? It's awesome. It rules. I highly recommend you spend $15 on a MagSafe puck to mount next to your bathroom mirror so you can open YouTube in the morning. Your YouTube TV, in my case. It's great. Just do it. Like, Richard doesn't look excited I, I'm about just confused. That. I, I guess I'll find just out in years now because now on Android, we'll, we'll, have, we'll find out what MagSafe life is like. It's one of those things where, because it's only been on, on iPhone, like I've heard about it. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. But I've never actually used it to find out what it doesn't do and like where the shortcomings are. It just doesn't do a lot. It's a wireless charging thing with weak magnets. But what is true is that every iPhone now has magnets built into the back of it. So other companies can make stronger magnets for things like mounts and cases, which are neat. Yeah. But the, but the combination of I want strong magnets, 15-watt wireless charging, and something that doesn't look totally ugly has eluded every – and you need to be certified by Apple. That you can't, you can't nobody's have under, Nobody's cracked that one. Nobody's pulled it off. So we're getting there. We'll, so I think the big question here is whether Qi 2 with magnets will be back compatible with MagSafe because I think the answer might be no. Hmm. There's some shadiness there. Bunch of smart home stuff. It's a big year for Matter. It's the year for Matter. It's the year for Matter. It's I would say Matter has not gotten off to a raging start. Apple had to pull it, right? Remember they did the update for iOS? It didn't yeah. go well and they pulled it. But there's new Bridges. There's new Eve. Yeah, I mean, Jin, so Jin's at the show. We're going to talk to her a bunch next week about this, um, next Wednesday. But she says she's just seeing matter everywhere. She's seeing it. Everybody's like, hey, I have a new refrigerator with matter in it. A new TV <laughs> with matter. Like everybody, yeah. that's, that's how they announce it. They announce all the stuff and they're like, and matter. So she's seeing just 
everywhere on the show floor right now. So the thing I'm really about excited about is there's this new Philips Hue app that you can get on Samsung TVs, and it will let you sync all of the lights on the back of your TV. If you put Philips Hue lights on the back of your TV, it'll let you sync it with all the content without having to go through a breakout box. But because they still want money, you have to pay $130 <laughs> for the app. That's and pretty like, good. You don't know if you can take that app with you when you if your TV dies and you get a new TV, will you have to pay another $130? There's a bunch of questions about this. Also, like, why not just make Samsung pay for the technology and be like, hey, look, if you plug your Philips Hue lights into the new Samsung TVs, you can automatically sync. Yeah. There's just like a bunch of or you can go by any number of Govi kits on Amazon for like 50 bucks and accomplish yeah, but the Govi tip kits. You have to have like a camera pointed at your TV. This, you don't have to have anything pointed at it. You don't have to worry about like, oh, I really need this to go through HDMI 2.1 so that I can get the and the box only does HDMI 2.0. You don't have to worry about any of that. You can just be like, go. It works with all the different apps on your TV and everything. So any like input to your TV, it does it. Yeah. But it's a no, $130 I mean, I, app. Right. That's where you lose me. I, 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 I understand the points you're making. I'm like, the GoVee kit's like 50 bucks. You point a camera at your TV call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, no so more computers required. It's very exciting and very stupid. I love it. Uh, Jen also covered the weird wooden plank matter controller. <laughs> this is the thing I'm most excited about with matter it, at the end of the day is now you can make different kinds of smart home controllers because they can talk to everything. So, so here, she was like, here's a cutting board you can mount on the wall to turn your lights on and off. And I was like, yeah, I'm in it. Like, this is what we need. It's going to exactly be exactly what we need. Uh, and lastly, we should talk about this Withings P sensor. You just stick it in your toilet and pee on it. And it tells you yeah. how your metabolism is doing. It's, it's, it's great. People really care about the P sensor. Yeah. I will say that the P sensor did remarkable traffic. Here's a line from the story written by Victoria. It sounds relatively simple, but Withings is very serious about pee. <laughs> it took four years and 13 patents, but you don't have to do anything until it's time to recharge the reader or switch out cartridges. The reader, the pee reader that you put in your toilet, USB-C, my friends. Oh, yeah. That's we, had a, that, we had a really long conversation about this in the editing process because I just had all the questions. I was like, well, like, do you have to touch it all the time? Like, are you having to, like... Reach down there and touch the pee puck before to get to test it. And no, you don't. You stick it in there. There's some cartridges. It comes with some gloves. So if you want to hold on to the Do you have to save gloves, the gloves between cartridge do. changes? I think that's just like a polite thing. And the idea is anytime you pee on it, it'll detect it and do a test. So sometimes you may have to like do some, some shifting to make sure you're not peeing on it if you don't want to test. Because it has like a hundred cartridges, right. so like a hundred days of P tests. Well, we're not going to talk about the number one smart home story that at least surprised me: the shower pods, the cold. Wait, before we go on the shower pods, can I just read you this quote about data collection and the GDPR <laughs> compliance of the P sensor? Yes, and this is a quote: "It's our company guideline not to allow anyone to look at that data. We still need to look at the details regarding law enforcement." Just don't let the cops look at my pee, dude. Don't show them my <laughs> urine, please. Very good. All right, Richard, what was your number one? The num number one surprise, people could not get enough of this story. The shower pods are here to turn your bathrooms in into a spa. They've got aromatherapy, shower infusion system. Apparently, more, more than MagSafe uh, when, when you're brushing your teeth, this is what the people need. I, I don't know. I didn't quite get it, but the girls who get it, get it. 
This is for so all the people the, who can still smell things. Yes. Kohler loves doing gadgets at CES. Like, lo- loves. Loves it. I think last year they did like a $10,000 toilet. For a plumbing company, they got big tech ambitions. They do. I mean, this is just, uh, they're pods. You know, it's like a Keurig yeah. aromatherapy pods and like a shower that takes p- p- pods. There's not a lot and of probably a subscription package for you, for your shower. Like I I, I see the, I see the med now. Yeah, yeah. They they're gonna sell you more pods. Here's a quote from their press release. Kohler says the pods are safe to use on your entire body, <laughs> which <laughs> it's a shower. <laughs> Has a lot of people asking questions that should be answered by my team. You can watch every show. bit. Yeah, like if if there was something that I assumed from the jump, it was is this shower safe for my entire body? Very good. Who's making the pods that aren't safe for your entire body is what I want to know. That's what, yeah, right? The illegal pods. Yeah. Don't buy those illegal pods, people. You need to get into the Discord with somebody just making bootleg pods on their own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these pods burn me. Uh, here's your business model, Richard. The design of the Sprig shower pods are color specific. We'll see if there's actual software DRM, but right now, right, the pods are shaped. They have to fit in the thing. $21 for a six-pack of single-use pods. Wow. $24 for a single multi-use pod with eight uses. A multi-use pod with eight uses. Just do the math there. How many, how many, what, what constitutes a use? All I'm saying is they're going to charge you about $3 per shower, no matter which way you're going. $21 for six single-use pods, $24 for a multi-use pod that can be used eight times. Do you think the shower head stops working if you don't have a pod in there? Like you just aren't allowed to be clean? <laughs> That's when it starts burning you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> or if there's a software update because some because someone's hacked the pod system. It's like, warning, this is no longer safe for your entire body, but we're not telling you where. Surprise. Enjoy the Kohler Corporation. It's true that this is one of our top stories from this entire CS, and I appreciate all of you for reading about the shower pods. One of my favorite headlines of all time was a Paul Miller-Ashley Carmen joint. I think Paul had the byline, but I think Ashley actually came up with the headline. It was just the word tortilla pods in all capital letters. <laughs> and it was the whole story, like no further explanation. And it was like a startup selling a pod system to make tortillas. It's a very good headline. And all of the comments were like, you can just make tortillas. <laughs> like, this is a deeply solved problem. Very good. Well, pods are back, everyone. CS is rocking and rolling. There's tons of news on the site. I'm like I said, I'm feeling I got I have the FOMO. There's a part of me that's for my own health. I'm happy I'm not there. It's it's bad to be there. It's bad to be in love. It's bad for you. But I I miss I miss our team. I miss gadgets. I miss hotel rooms and the coffee smell. I, I still got the CES funk despite not being there. I miss walking out of Lenovo briefing, believing in my heart that eight and ten finger gestures on a dual screen thirteen point three inch OLED laptop. <laughs> is like the future of all computing. Like I, f- I feel that, but don't worry. There's more CS to come. They're on the show floor today, tomorrow. They're wrapping up through the weekend. Alex, you said we've got more show to come, especially with Jen about matter. Yes. Jen and Chris and Andy, we're going to be chatting a bunch next week. It's going to be great. Very good. All right. I got to go keep reading CS coverage. I can't, I can't stop. It's all on the site. I've been in the comments cause I'm, you know, I'm off Twitter. So you can just find me in the comments of random Verge articles, which I think is terrifying our reporters. Just <laughs> I like getting into fights in the comments articles. They're having a great time. I should stop it, but I'm here for you. Find me. You can tweet at us. You can tweet at me. I'm at Reckless. Alex is Alex Kranz. Richard is at RJCC. I am 
I do check the replies every couple of days, so I might throw you a like if you hit me on Twitter. Uh, and you can find us on The Verge. We'll be back on Wednesday with more CES coverage. That's it. That's for Chast Rock and And that's a wrap for VergeCast this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, subscribe in the podcast app of your choice or tell a friend. You can send us feedback at VergeCast at TheVerge.com. This show is produced by me, Liam James, and our senior audio director, Andrew Marino. This episode was edited and mixed by Amanda Rose Smith. Our editorial director is Brooke Minters, and our executive producer is Eleanor Donovan. The VergeCast is a production of The Verge and Vox Media Podcast Network. And that's it. We'll see you next week. Thank you to Kohler for supporting this episode. Who says smart things can't also be beautiful things? The Numi 2.0 is Kohler's most advanced toilet ever. Equipped with fully customizable bidet, heated seats, automatic cleaning cycles, and on-demand smart home functions thanks to its built-in Alexa. The Numi 2.0 is a fully connected oasis of clean and comfort with unmatched sculptural design. Customize the lights to match your interior or your mood and enjoy an immersive, intuitive experience of personalized luxury and cleanliness. More than a toilet, it's a work of art. Learn more at Kohler.com.